we're still looking at the judges of Israel, and we're uh, still looking at Samson. So I wanted to ask tonight, before I get into it, what do, what do you think of when you think of Samson? Uh, what, what comes to your mind? Strength. Yeah, that's what that's what I always think of. Anything else? Any long hair? Yeah, uh, I, I you know. Well, yeah. Uh, I'm glad I don't have long hair. So you know, although I wouldn't mind if it came with strength, maybe it'd be all right. <laughs> I wouldn't mind being a little stronger. Uh, but yeah, those, that's what I think of too. Uh, my mind usually goes to strength first. Uh, Samson is the strongest man there ever was. Uh, but tonight we're going to look at a weakness of Samson's. Uh, so I titled tonight, Strength Worn Down. Strength Worn Down. Uh, when I study a person in the Bible, I always try to put myself in their place. Uh, I, I try to remind myself and realize that they actually were a real person. Uh, the people in the Bible were real people. They really were here. Uh, so all these things that they went through, all these events and everything, these are all real things. And, and this helps me uh, to bring to life the events in the Bible. And it helps me to better apply the truths that are in the Bible, in these events, in my own life. So as we go through Samson's life, uh, we must first realize he's a real person. He really was very strong. He, you know, He really did all of these things. He was real. Uh, it's sometimes hard to keep that perspective when reading about miraculous things. Uh, you know, we think of him knocking down the, the whole building there and the end of his, uh, life there. And that seems more like a superhero kind of thing. And, and we've got our minds trained to think of those kind of things are just part of a movie and that. But it really happened. You know, it was real. And so we got to remind ourselves that all of these things are real. Uh, we got Samson. He, killed a lion with his bare hands. And again, it doesn't sound like something that would happen, right? It sounds more like a scene from a really good movie. But it's not. It actually happened. It really happened. It was a true event in a real person's life. Uh, so let's not only keep the perspective of Samson being a real person and these events that are recorded for us are real events, but let's also insert ourselves into these events and think, well, what would I do in these situations? How would I react? And I think that will help us. It will help us make a proper application of the of these events into our own lives. I think this will also help us understand that we are just as capable of making mistakes as uh, anyone here, anyone in the Bible. Uh, and we're talking specifically about some mistakes that Samson uh, made. Tonight we'll be looking at that. Uh, so, uh, I don't know if you guys remember the TV show or ever seen it called Family Matters. Anybody remember that show? Yeah, it was on TV. It was about a family. Uh, and uh, there was, you know, the, the, the nerdy guy, Urkel, right? And he liked the, the family's daughter, Laura, right? Uh, so, and, and, and I'm not uh, uh, promoting this, this TV show, but it just goes along with what uh, I'm talking about tonight. So this Urkel guy, this nerd, you know, uh, he really liked this girl. And so he, every episode, he tried to get her to love him. You know, every single episode. And uh, he would do all these things, and usually they turned out terrible. He made some kind of mistake or tripped himself up along the way. And she would always say, there's no way, there's no chance. Well, on one episode, uh, I just remember from when I was younger, one episode, uh, he does something, 
and it doesn't turn out well. And she finally tells him, uh, there's one in a million chance I would ever love you, you know? And so, you, I don't know if you remember, but his answer was, so you're saying there's a chance, right? <laughs> so he went from zero to one in a million, and he's saying, so you're saying there's a chance. And I tell you that because the next thing he says goes along with what we're talking about tonight. He says, I'm wearing you down. He got her from zero to one out of a million, and in his mind, he's gaining some ground. He's wearing her down. Uh, so that's what we're going to be talking about tonight, wearing down. We're going to be looking at the life of Samson, and we'll see that he gets worn down. Uh, we're going to see how Samson is enjoying some things of the world, and this is going to cause him to get worn down along the way. Uh, we can get worn down over time, too. Uh, let's look at Judges chapter 14, and we're going to start in verse 10. It says, so his father went down unto the woman and Samson made there a feast for so used the men, young men to do. And it came to pass when they saw him that they brought 30 companions to be with him. And Samson said unto them, I will now put forth a riddle unto you. If ye can certainly declare it me within the seven days of the feast. And find it out, then I will give you thirty sheets and thirty changes of garment. But if ye cannot declare it me, then shall ye give me thirty sheets and thirty changes of garments. And they said unto him, Put forth thy riddle, that we may hear it. And he said unto them, Out of the eater came forth me, and out of the strong came forth sweetness. And they could not in three days expound the riddle. And it came to pass on the seventh day that they said unto Samson's wife, Entice thy husband, that he may declare unto us the riddle, lest we burn thee and thy father's house with fire. Have ye called us to take that we have? Is it not so? And Samson's wife wept before him and said, Thou dost but hate me, and lovest me not. Thou hast put forth a riddle unto the children of my people, and hast not told me it. And he said unto her, Behold, I have not told it my father nor my mother, and shall I tell it thee? And she wept before him the seven days while their feast lasted. And it came to pass on the seventh day that he told her because she lay sore upon him. And she told the riddle to the children of her people. And the men of the city said unto him on the seventh day before the sun went down, What is sweeter than honey, and what is stronger than a lion? And he said unto them, If ye had not plowed with my heifer, ye had not found out my riddle. Uh, so I see here that Samson makes some mistakes that gets him in a position of where he can be worn down. Uh, the first mistake that I see that he makes is that he lets his guard down. Samson lets his guard down. In verse 10 and 11, we see Samson attending a feast. It's his feast for his wedding here. Uh, now, this is quite different than what we think of nowadays. It's not just a simple wedding dinner, although I don't think those are really all that simple anyways. Uh, but it's not just where everyone sits down, has one meal, and then they all go home. 
This was a big event, and it would go on for many days, seven days here. Uh, during this entire uh, feast, which was really sort of a party-like atmosphere, real relaxed, uh, during this whole time, everyone would be sitting around or laying around. They would be eating and eating and eating and not really doing much of anything else, just talking, sitting, and uh, eating. Uh, it would be like going on vacation to a buffet that you wouldn't have to leave for a whole week. Uh, and that sounds pretty good, right? Uh, but during this time, just sitting around and not really having any responsibilities or goals uh, of any kind, this causes you to start to become very relaxed and casual about things of life. Uh, this would cause us to, to let our guard down, just like it did for Samson. Now remember, if we're inserting ourselves into the event here, uh, if I do that, I know that me, and I, I know my daughter, she's over there today, not over there, uh, I know that we would love to sit around for seven days and just feast and do nothing but eat. That would be great. Uh, and I, I really did have a time in my life that was pretty close to that. We went on a cruise once, and it was a seven-day cruise, and there is always food to eat on a cruise. You know, from the time you wake up in the morning to the time you go to sleep, there is always food to eat. I ate four meals a day on my cruise, every single day. I had breakfast, lunch, dinner, and second dinner, because I liked it so much, I went back for more. Uh, so it was just so good. Uh, but as I was on that cruise, I just sat around and had nothing to do every single day. We did uh, go to the ports, but we decided we'd rather stay on the boat uh, and continue eating than get off and, and go visit the port because the food on the boat's free. Everything you go out into the port, you have to pay money for. Uh, so I, we just sat around and did not really much of anything for a whole week. Uh, and that wasn't really good to live that way. Not only would being like that not be very healthy for us and I gained about 10 pounds in seven days, so it wasn't all that good for me. Uh, but it would cause us to let our guard down. Uh, not all at once. We wouldn't just show up and just all of a sudden put our guard all the way down uh, right when we walked in the door. But it, it happens a little at a time, like it always does. It just slowly happens. And at some point, you have let your guard down enough that things you would normally fight off, things that you would not consider, you would just get them out, Right away, now you might actually think about them just a little because you're just so relaxed. Uh, we can not let our guard down, not even for a minute. Satan is waiting for that very minute to attack us. As soon as we let our guard down, Satan is right there. Uh, we know that Satan is actively walking around and, and seeking the right moment to attack us. Uh, go ahead and turn to First Peter chapter 1. We're going to see what Peter says here in 1 Peter chapter 1, starting in verse 13. It says, Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according to the former lust in your ignorance, but as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation. Because it is written, be ye holy, for I am holy. 
Uh, Peter is talking about Christians and their needing to be obedient and needing to stay strong until the end. Uh, needing to stay away from sin and away from the lust and, and the need to be holy. Uh, and it starts off with the saying, gird up the loins of your mind. Peter knows the first place to start when trying to live right for God is to be on guard and specifically on guard with your mind. Uh, we need to be actively and continually on guard. We cannot afford to let our guard down. Uh, not for a seven-day feast like this. Not even for one day, not even for one minute can we afford to let our guard down. We see here that the first mistake Samson let, uh, does is he lets his guard down during this feast. Uh, the second mistake is Samson uh, surrounds himself with unsound companions. Uh, the second mistake here, Samson is surrounded by unsound companions. Look back at Judges chapter 14 and verse 11. It says, And it came to pass when they saw him that they brought 30 companions to be with him. Uh, remember, Samson is with the Philistines here. Uh, he is marrying one of the Philistine women. Uh, when he gets there, he starts this feast. Uh, and then there is brought to him 30 men of the Philistines that are about his age uh, for him to be with. Uh, this is done so Samson would have some friends, if you want to call them that, around his age to talk to, to hang out with, to sit around with for seven days, and, and to eat with uh, during this feast. Now, in many people's minds, this may sound like an okay thing. Uh, I can't tell you how many times I've been told that my kids need to have friends. Uh, and then I'm told uh, they use that as a reason to tell me I need to put my kids in public school so they're around more people their age. Or they need to be on a sports team so they're around people their age. Well, that may sound okay, but there's many issues with that. I've been told that many times by many people, including even some family members. Uh, we cannot compromise who we're around, though. Uh, the, the benefit there is nowhere close to the danger that is in that kind of thinking. We cannot compromise on who we allow to be our friends and who we choose to hang out with. Now, I've talked about this before, and I guarantee you I'll preach on it again in the future because it's just that important. The people we are around absolutely will affect us. Uh, I've seen with my own eyes, uh, kids have gone from being close to God, and then they start hanging out with different people that are not close to God, and they become to where they're not close to God either. I had a best friend growing up that that's the very case in his life. And he has no concern about the things of God now. Although we went to church together for many years and now because he was with other people uh, that were not concerned about the things of God, he is nowhere near close to God anymore. It, it will happen. The people you are around absolutely will affect you. Samson allowed himself to be around people that did not align themselves with him on spiritual matters. And this did not, uh, and they did not believe in God or the things of God. Uh, these are not the type of people we need to be around. They will affect us. They will change us. Uh, Samson didn't just allow himself to be surrounded uh, by these so-called companions. Uh, they had bad influences on him, uh, but also his wife that he picked was also not a good influence on him either. 
Uh, remember, he picked her. He begged his parents for her. It, it was so uh, important to him that he had to have her, uh, but he did not consider the importance of who he picked to be around with or connected with and how it's important uh, to choose the right person, the person that God has for you, the person that will bring you closer to God. Now, we remember that his parents tried to tell him there was better options. Uh, back in verse 3, his father said that th- there are women of your own people that believe in God, who worship the real true God. Uh, we need to make sure that we spend time and think about our friends, think about the people we're around uh, and, and who we hang out with or who we're around on a daily basis. This goes for anyone you're around in your life, uh, especially if you're considering a spouse. Uh, but Samson made many mistakes here. And again, we're going over this tonight to see uh, how we would have reacted and compared to ourselves in our own lives. Uh, but first, Samson let his guard down. And Samson also surrounded himself with unsound people. And then the third thing I see is that Samson becomes arrogant. Look at verse 12, Judges chapter 14, verse 12. And Samson said unto them, I will now put forth a riddle unto you. If ye can certainly declare it me within the seven days of the feast and find it out, then I will give you 30 sheets and 30 changes of garment. But if ye cannot declare it me, then shall ye give me 30 sheets and 30 changes of garments. And they said unto him, put forth thy riddle that we may hear it. And he said unto them, Out of the eater came forth meat, and out of the strong came forth sweetness. And they could not in three days expound the riddle. Samson decides here, he's sitting around with these guys, and on the first day here, he decides that he's got to be the smartest guy here, right? So he's thinking, I'm so smart, I'm going to come up with this riddle that I made up all by myself, and I'm going to fool all 30 of these guys. It's like 30 on one here, and he thinks he's going to uh, you know, outsmart them. Uh, he's putting himself high, you know, he's, he's lifting himself up. Now, to be honest with you, I think it was a tough riddle. Uh, I, if I hadn't already read through this, I probably would not have come up with the answer to this riddle. Uh, so he, he certainly did come up with a very tough riddle. Uh, but we, we see here that these men can't figure it out either. I don't think that any of us here struggle with arrogance. Uh, I, I don't think that that's really an issue around here that I've seen. Uh, but I do think that there probably are some times where we might just think a little too highly of ourselves. Maybe even just in a private setting, not around other people. Uh, we might see someone struggling, struggling with a sin and think, why are they struggling with that? I would never struggle with that. Like, like you're above it and way better than it. Uh, I also think that sometimes we think highly of ourselves and think maybe some of the rules don't completely apply to us. You know, like like the speed limit, right? You know, that's that's there for a suggestion. And, you know, those people that go way too fast, that's what it's there for, right? It's it's not, you know, that we all have to obey it. I'm a good person, and as long as I'm close, it's okay. Uh, we We all know the verse in Proverbs 16, 18. It says, Pride goeth before destruction. In a haughty spirit before a fall. Uh, that, that's a pretty familiar verse to us, I'm sure. Uh, but do you remember the verse after it, verse 19? It says, Better it is to be of a humble spirit with the lowly than to divide the spoil with the proud. Uh, we should be humble because we are safer when we are humble. Uh, we're more careful when we are humble. So it's better to be humble than to be prideful. 
Uh, let's turn to Psalms chapter 75. Psalms chapter 75, and we'll start in verse 1. It says, Unto thee, O God, do we give thanks. Unto thee do we give thanks, for that thy name is near, thy wondrous works declare. When I shall receive the congregation, I will judge uprightly. The earth and all the inhabitants thereof are dissolved. I bear up the pillars of it, Selah. I said unto the fools, deal not foolishly, and to the wicked, lift not up the horn. Lift not up your horn on high. Speak not with a stiff neck. For promotion cometh neither from the east, nor from the west, nor from the south. But God is the judge. He putteth down one and setteth up another. Uh, when we become prideful or arrogant or or maybe we just think a little too highly of ourselves, it, it's like we're taking God's position. We're pushing God out of the way and we're deciding to lift ourselves up. Uh, this passage in Psalm 75 tells us that there should be no lifting up of ourselves or promotion unless it is God lifting them up. It's God's place to be judged on whether or not that should happen. Uh, if we lift ourselves up, then we're making ourselves God. And we're saying that we know more than God. So we need to stay humble and let God do his job in the lifting up as he sees right to do. So Samson, he was sitting there and he wasn't concerning himself with the things of God. He uh, has taken his eyes and focus away from God. He's thinking of himself and this all causes him to be arrogant. He's thinking he knows better than all these people here. Uh, he's sitting there thinking highly of himself and it makes him make this bad decision to challenge these 30 men and to bet with them on this riddle. Now, this isn't a message on gambling, uh, but I do have just a couple things to say on on this. Uh, God does require us to be good stewards of what we have. And that's all of what we have. This means we need to be good stewards of our time. We need to be good stewards of our possessions and we need to be good stewards of our money as well. Uh, gambling or betting is not being a good steward of what God has given us. Uh, it's actually closer to coveting than it is of being a good steward. Uh, and, and just one last thing on this, if you're wondering, uh, I looked up the top 10 wealthiest people in the world. None of them got their money from gambling. So it's probably not going to put you in that list. Uh, so just throwing that out there for you. Uh, the mistakes we see Samson make here is that he let his guard down, he surrounded himself with unsound people, and he became arrogant. And all of that put him in a weak position. Uh, Samson did all of these mistakes, and it caused him to be further away from God, and it caused him to be mentally weak. Uh, this is a theme we will see in Samson. The world's strongest man to ever live will become spiritually and mentally weak at times. Uh, when we sin, when we make a mistake, it's going to push us away from God. Uh, God is holy and cannot be around sin. And when we are covered with the sin that we walk with, uh, we walk away from the presence of God. We walk away from the blessings of God. And we walk away from the protection of God. Samson put himself in a very weak position here. And the wickedness around him wore him down over time. 
I'll look back at Judges chapter 14. We'll look at verse 15 again. It says, And it came to pass on the seventh day that they said unto Samson's wife, Entice thy husband, that he may declare unto us the riddle, lest we burn thee in thy father's house with fire. Have ye called us to take that we have? Is it not so? And Samson's wife wept sore before him, Thou dost but hate me. Now, I like that line. It kind of reminds me of that girl that the uh, Little House of the Prairie, the girl that the Olsons uh, adopted in the end. She always comes up and says, you hate me. You know, obviously, it's not true. She's trying to get her way, just like Samson's wife here. Uh, she says, thou dost but hate me and lovest me not. Thou hast put forth a riddle unto the children of my people and hast not told it me. And he said unto her, Behold, I have not told it my father nor my mother, and shall I tell it thee? And she wept before him the seven days while their feast lasted. And it came to pass on the seventh day that he told her because she lay sore upon him. Uh, so she wore him down. Uh, just uh, because I like timelines, I like going over the timing of events here, I want to just take a second to look at that here. So this feast was a total of seven days. It was a seven-day feast for their marriage there. Uh, on the first day, Samson t- tells these 30 men this riddle. He's got a riddle for them, and he makes the bet with them over the riddle. For three days, it says that the men tried to come up with the answer. It says in the verse uh, 14 at the end, it says, and they could not in three days expound the riddle. So they spent three days, all 30 of them, trying to come up with the answer of this riddle. Now, after these three days of failing, uh, the men go to Samson's wife and they threaten her. In verse 15, it says that they're going to burn her uh, and her father's house with fire if she doesn't uh, get the answer for them. Uh, so they they threaten her to get her to beg her husband to tell her the answer there. And that's after those three days that they were trying to figure it out on their own. So the remainder of the seven days, she begs her husband and even summons up some fake tears. I don't know how people do that. I wish I had that ability. You can get your way a lot more often if you can make those fake tears, you know. Uh, but she makes up these fake tears and, and begs her husband over these seven days. And he finally, uh, she wears him down. In verse 17 there, it says that... Uh, that he told her because she lay sore upon him. Uh, she wore him down. She kept on him about about it. She didn't let up. She just kept those fake tears coming and begging, and it wore him down. And finally, he broke down and gave in, and he finally told her. Now, wickedness, it doesn't take a day off. Uh, Satan doesn't take a day off either. Uh, just like she didn't take any time off of trying to wear him down, wickedness won't take a time off on us either. Uh, go ahead and turn over to Matthew chapter 24. Matthew chapter 24, starting in verse 4. It says, And Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. And ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars, see that ye be not troubled. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be 
famines and pestilence and earthquakes in diverse places. All these things are the beginning of sorrows. Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted and shall kill you, and ye shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. And then shall many... uh, be offended and shall betray one another and shall hate one another and many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many and because iniquity shall abound the love of many shall wax cold jesus here and just before this he tells his disciples about the temple being destroyed and the disciples ask jesus when that will happen they want to know when this is going to happen and when jesus is going to return and when uh the end of the world will be they want to know when And Jesus says that before the end of the world, all of those things we just read will happen. And one of the things he says in verse 12 there, he says, iniquity shall abound. Uh, That's wickedness. That's sin. That's breaking of God's law and God's word. Jesus says before the end comes that iniquity is going to be everywhere all the time. Wickedness is not going to take a break. And we know that Satan is not going to take a break either. He's going to continually fight against God's people. Uh, He's trying to keep the lost lost. He's trying to keep the saved from reaching the lost. He's trying to keep God's children from having a relationship with their heavenly father. Just like Samson's wife wore him down, the people around us can wear us down too. If we are around the wrong people, they will affect us. They will wear us down. Uh, The last job that I had, uh, I was around people that did not have the same convictions as I did speaking on spiritual matters. Uh, They went to church. They had a Bible, but they did a lot of things that spiritually were wearing me down over time. Uh, And then uh, I had a daily spiritual battle there. And the last straw, and I think it was really God trying to give me the boot and say, hey, it's time for you to move on and do something else. Uh, they hired this 20-something-year-old kid that had the most disgusting mouth you had ever heard uh, and, and did the most wicked things while at work and, and on break and all of that. And, and I couldn't take it. It was such a horrible spiritual battle. Uh, wickedness was so uh, prevalent there in the workplace there each and every day uh, that after just a few days, I had to be done. I, I could not allow myself to be around that anymore. If I would have stayed, I don't know what would have happened, but I know I was getting wore down more and more every single day. Now, I don't think I would have turned out horrible uh, or left God or walked away, but I don't know. I, I'm humble enough to know that anything could have happened over time. Uh, if you stay in the world long enough, you will start to look like the world. Uh, the world will wear you down. Uh, do not dwell in the world. Look at what happened to Law and his family. He had the best mentor that there ever was in Abraham. And when they separated, I personally believe that Lot had a relationship with God. Maybe not the best, but I believe he had a relationship with God. Uh, But he decided, Lot decided that he was going to go in the world. And it changed him. He became a lot less like God. uh, And he became a lot more like the world. And when it was time for him to leave, he couldn't even get his own family to get out of that world that he was just like. Uh, when he couldn't get his sons to leave. His sons died there. He had family members, his sons and their wives, probably their kids, that died there because he couldn't get them to leave the world that he was like. Uh, he was so much like the world that they didn't even believe him. I believe it says they laughed at him when he tried to tell them these things. Uh, he was too much like the world. He was in the world and it changed him. 
The wickedness of the world wore on him and his family, and it wore him down all the time over all those years, and eventually the world consumed them. Uh, don't let that happen to you or your family. If you're in the world, get out. If you're near the world, get back. Uh, if you're right by God's side, and I hope and pray that you are, then stay there because there is no better place to be. The place that Samson was in, the people he was around, and even his own arrogance caused him to be weak. And when you mix that with the constant wearing away of his wife there, he eventually broke down uh, and he told her the riddle and it didn't turn out well. Uh, anyone uh, here know how long, Steve might, uh, know how long a car will last without oil in it? How, how long will a car last with no oil in the engine? You have a guess? Yeah, not very long. So uh, I've never personally experienced that. I have a family member that that happened to. Apparently it was a leak that he didn't know about and eventually. So he didn't know how long the engine was empty, but it, it died. Uh, but I tried to do some research. I, I looked up YouTube videos of people draining the oil and running their car. And it just depended on the car. It was anywhere from like 30 seconds to five minutes. By five minutes, they were all gone. And most of them, it was around about one minute. Uh, so what happens during that process? Uh, the engine has metal parts and, and they heat up and they start wearing away on each other and they start creating this metal dust and, and they start heating up and they eventually break or they get stuck. They seize up. Uh, the oil is what keeps the engine from wearing out and breaking down. Uh, running a car with no oil is very dangerous. Uh, living in the world is very dangerous to a child of God. It will wear you out. It will, uh, it may happen quickly. It may take time. It may take months or years. But the wickedness in the world will constantly be wearing away at you. We need to be careful not to make the mistakes that Samson made, uh, it, that put him in a weak position. We cannot let our guard down. We cannot surround ourselves with unsound people. We cannot become arrogant. This will make us weak. And cause us to stumble when we are confronted by this wickedness. Now, how much better would it be if we kept our guard up? How much better would it be if we stayed humble? How much better would it be if we surrounded ourselves with sound people? Christ-like people. If we did, then we would grow spiritually. We would grow closer to God and we would grow closer as a family of God. That is uh, one of the reasons I love people here at church so much. Uh, it's one of the benefits of coming to church and actually assembling together. We're gathering together. We're surrounding ourselves with sound people. Uh, that's what we're literally doing when we're here. Uh, we're surrounding ourselves with Christ-like people and we're allowing ourselves to grow. So let's be on our guard this week. Let's stay humble. Let's surround ourselves with God's people and let's keep growing and serving God. Amen. Let's pray.